well, hello there, everybody out there in music video land, and welcome to another edition of Music Video Land Podcast, brought to you by your super good friends at IMVDB, the inter- in- internet music video database. Uh, this is a music video. This is a podcast where we talk about music videos. Uh, my name is Adam. Um, I totally nailed that intro, and uh, with me is someone who's just nailing stuff all the time, Doug Klinger in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Doug, how are you? Doing, doing super good. I am nailing stuff all the time. That's just so, nailing it. It's just fantastic. One hundred percent. Never miss. I don't know what that means. It sounds sexy, but I'm into it. Uh, yeah, just go with that. Um, and then someone I actually don't know is nailing the status, but maybe we can find out. Uh, north of the wall from Fringe Music Fix. As usual, it's Mr. Adam Alexander. How are you, Adam? I'm great, and uh, the the nail ends a little low lately. Low count of nails. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna stop right there, um, and we're gonna uh, introduce our guest because we are continuing a streak of having really awesome guests on this podcast, and we're super excited to have uh, a director um, and writer, Mr. Ian Pons Jewel, who has directed uh, music videos that you have definitely heard us talk about on this podcast, and actually just. Uh, the last maybe five or six episodes, um, one of my personal favorites, uh, Rollerblades by Quez. I think that's how you say his name. Um, right. One that we talked about a few episodes ago that was uh, one of our favorites, uh, Make It Last by Pearls Negras. Um, and a, a music video that's close to uh, half a billion views, La 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 by Naughty Boy. And this week uh, he released a video for um, someone who's pretty good at picking music video directors, uh, Paolo Nutini. Um, and the video was one day. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Hey, thanks so much uh, for having me on. It was a lovely intro. Uh, well, you have many other videos, just kind of cherry picking the ones that we've been talking about mm. uh, lately. Um, because you, you've released quite a few in 2014. I think you're up to, to six or so. There's also another one that, I, that you won't have seen because I sort of uh, failed on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so is that we we won't see it because it didn't come out or it didn't come out with your name on it because it got no it's just got totally canned uh. <laughs> happens sometimes we should talk about the the one day by Paolo Nutini video sure um, because that is one that that did come out um, and <laughs> is a really fantastic video and it's you know, it's interesting because there's been a lot of talk about um, Paolo Nutini's uh, video before this for Iron Sky directed by Daniel Wolf yeah um, was such a, a like an epic scale video um, and got a lot of people talking so it must have been kind of not intimidating but interesting to follow that video um, and kind of the, the scale of it and the scope of it and you, you followed it up with a video that's that's really you know beautiful and really cinematic um, and stars uh, Joanna Lumley, who uh, people may not know her name, but definitely have seen her in, in different things. So I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about where this concept came for this video. Was this something that uh, came from, from you or the band that, that you pitched to them? Mm. Yeah, so uh, it was actually written back in uh, March. <clears throat> so that, I mean, this it's been in my sort of, I've been sort of wait, like waiting for like literally half a year. So I, I got that track, back yeah, way back in March, and I so like before uh, Iron Sky came out, which I'll yeah I'll talk about in a bit that which like blew my blew my mind. I was in a yeah I had a re- like really skewed my whole day, um, <laughs> the like the atmosphere of it and 
I, I sort of woke up from a just like quite an intense nightmare and uh, woke up and then sort of got my computer out and watched that video. That was the first, like my friend is like, watch this. And I turned it on and it's like fucking threw me for the whole, like the whole day. I I was in this like weird state from like the mixture of this nightmare that I'd had and, and this video. And I just shot the Odessa video uh, a couple of, uh, the day before, so that night sleep was my like post shoot sleep, and I went through a kind of similar. Yeah, anyway, that yeah, incredible video. Um, but actually, yeah, the this the one day was written back in March, and the idea was quite. It was as I always try um, to to do is is quite a vis visceral uh, subconscious sort of reaction to the music. I had no idea. I actually had no idea who Paolo Nettini was, um, and then started really. And so I listened to the track, and in my mind, I in my mind there was this kind of sixty-year-old black soul singer singing this tune. And but I'd listened to it, and then I just in in my well when I I got it, I downloaded it to my phone immediately when I, I was sort of walking around London, and uh, got the track, and then listened to it and started seeing this kind of a uh, elegant older kind of singer in a dressing room sort of singing sadly in the mirror singing that tune sadly in the mirror but the the, the era was like a very kind of timeless era that wasn't now wasn't too far back so that's the kind of atmosphere was very instant on the first listen i kind of saw that image this woman and then it was after that that i i would listen I, that uh, at that uh, same moment I'd listened over and over and then the idea came of that she would turn young by the end by killing these girls um, and I actually wrote it with and then when I went into fully writing it I wrote it with my very close friend Dobie Manilova who has produced uh, my work and does image research uh, for me um, She's a genius, and so she we wrote, actually wrote the characters together after I'd gotten that kind of structural narrative arc. So, like the aerial dancer, she she came up with, and so yeah, that was the kind of process. But it was back in March that and, happened. And then once you heard this track, those kind of ideas kind of merged together, and you you felt like it was a perfect fit because the the you know the the visual style and the musical style aren't necessarily you know something that you would think of going together but they they kind of merge really well in a really interesting way in this video well i mean the fa i don't know if you've looked in the comments but <laughs> <laughs> we try to stay away from the comments honestly of youtube I, uh i love because i'm like really into comments now since um adam buxton's like you know his hilarious take on comments when he like reads them out in like foreign voices <laughs> and he can like capture commenters like personality he'll like read it out like but why is there no paolo in the video <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there was an amazing one that sarah Tognassi, who produced the video um incredible amazing uh uh lady producer incredible and she sent um she's hilarious she sent me she found like 
a gold mine on one of them. Like, so you've seen all of these haters, um, just like fair enough. Like they 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 were like listening to him back in the day when he was a kind of like more pop singer. Now he's released this like dark soul record and got like fucking Daniel Wolf to make this like truly anxious ridden epic video. Um, and then you know then they hit like with this one, which has got like kind of quite you know, like a jalo kind of horror thing. Like they're probably like, what the fuck is going on? But one of these commenters was just like this is hilarious i'll send you the thing i wish i had it on me but she just goes off on one with her take on what it all means and she starts <laughs> coming up with names okay so this is uh, just a small section of the huge comment from this uh, youtube commenter who i love by the way like, i love her take on it sent by the amazing sarah tonyasi who produced the video and she found she found this and sent it to me Damn, Paolo. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. From the corner of my eye to the back of my mind, I recognize what you mean to me. I'll be gone in a while. She is starting to age. She is all the faces. From the beginning, the first killing was her. They were all her pictures in different life. Like, in different life that she lived, sitting on her. Dresser. <laughs> By the way, there's all this punctuation in it. Like, to kind of make it like as if it's kind of like slam poetry. <laughs> dresser, dresser, he has followed her through time. Jack the Ripper, she is his twin sister. They were elite prince and princes in London. Oh. Uh, that's 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 a remarkable. Uh, that's not what I thought was happening, but maybe they're right. Who knows, right? It's pretty insane. It goes on and on and about like then the twins and they have sex and then he kills her and <laughs> he ends, she ends up calling her Mary J. No, she calls her like Mary Jane Kelly Bungalow. So it's a four a four name name. Yeah. She knew her she knew where Mary Jane Kelly Bungalow was at. Oh no, Mary Jane Kelly lives in the bungalow. And then she abbreviates her own invention of the name by later calling her Mary J. Brilliant. Uh, right, like instead of just like using a short name going into this, uh, <laughs> you establish the long name yeah. and then the and then the shortened version of it. That's uh, that's great. For, uh, we, for a contrast, here is a comment from MRA Digamus One Hundred, <laughs> and the the entirety of the comment is, "But what the hell is with the old man drooling that golden liquid?" Question mark. Question mark. Um, because there are these these little you know mainly the focus is on the stage and the performers in this but there are these really interesting glimpses we get of people in the audience there's the the person this commenter is mentioning who's drooling gold liquid my favorite is the um the guy in one of the tables who has like strings and he's trying to pull a girl away and then the guy cuts the string that i love i love that sequence yeah, there's the uh, ca- cat cradle um, man. That's uh, William Fontaine. Was the actor? He was in a short film I did. But yeah, that I. Uh, yeah, the 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 gold uh, liquid man. That guy, Chris Pryor. He was um, he was in my first ever music video. Uh, he was actually in my first ever kind of short film at uni, and then he was in my first ever music video so a lot of those characters kind of also sometimes they come about from 
knowing the actors beforehand. Like Chris's one was certainly one of those. And we kind of wrote him as this slightly embarrassed vampire. So he's like kind of this like uh, uh, like a vampiric kind of character who's been sucking away at someone's life force slash wealth and he's sort of just at the end of his night. So that's why I added that kind of a little man in the gold puddle afterwards was a kind of an afterthought to that as if it's perhaps this like the guy is kind of the guy he took the gold from so like kind of turn into this little miniature man and, and what about the um the casting of joanna lumley how did that uh come about so oh well the, the cast well the casting in general it generally was by this incredible uh casting director called lauren hedges who um who again sarah to the uh wonderful producer um uh, brought into the project and so Lauren cast everyone apart but you know um, yeah incredible job of that and then Joanna was actually that was really Paolo because um, I'd written in the treatment like uh, oh you know if, and, you know, when you're in treatment when you're writing the treatment you're putting in you know all sorts like oh god the video is over 30k let's get a helicopter or get the army in <laughs> So I'm like, right, oh, and of course, you know, I'm sure we can get, you know, I'm sure we can get a famous actress to play the older lady, maybe even a famous one to play the younger one. You know, you're just like throwing all your cards in. And then it got picked, and then they're like, cool, so who, who are you thinking of for the famous actress? I'm like, fuck, so I go, I'm like, literally went on Google and put like older actresses. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, like, looking at all these... Uh, older actresses and um, I really I was like oh fucking Jessica Lang would be sick and then Paolo's a big fan of Helen Mirren so he looked into that and then in the end it, he was like just gotta be Joanna Lomley has gotta be Joanna she, so we tried and I think she said no but then Dan Kerwin who who was the commissioner uh, first time work with him was absolute joy um, and he he knows his Someone who knows knows someone who is like a kind of an, a famous person agent's person. So it sort of then went through them, and and she came on board in the end. I mean, you know, they they paid her. They would have paid her slightly outside of the the main budget, but not like really not not like a billion pounds, or whatever. But so she was she agreed, and she was like really liked the track and his music and and the script. So. Yeah, I mean that that was just absolutely uh, surreal because I was brought up on Ab Fab by my wonderful mother. Um, I don't know if you guys know Ab Fab. We we are they yeah. played it in the U.S. on Comedy Central uh, <laughs> when we were like f- seven, and so <laughs> we're we're aware of its existence, but it, it's it was way too smart for us when we were seven. Sure. Probably now too. Um, but uh, but we do we are aware of it. But yeah, when uh, Adam mentioned before, yeah, in the she's not necessarily a household name out here in the U.S. But yeah, right. I think people know Ab Fab for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, an- another question I was wondering there the you know you've got these really kind of stylistic uh, murder scenes uh, in the video, and I- I'm wondering what that style was was based on. So that style was um, I started getting into. Uh, the like the Jallo films from 
Italy in the 60s, 70s kind of thing, like Dario Argento, Suspiria, um, uh, Terror at the Opera, which is like my favorite horror film ever made. And then started just that style, I was just uh, fell in love with it. And it's actually my friend Tom, uh, it's a Hungarian friend of mine, got me, was kind of brought me, showed me these films. And since then, I'd sort of watched more more of these, and just I just I just loved this this the style, the color was just perfect. That the mix of like red, green, and blue, so it's a quite simple kind of palette. But in Suspiria, for example, it's stunning. And then like Amer really blew me away, which is a contemporary film, a recent film from I think 2012 or 2013. But it's a total kind of fanboy gushing film at, at the Jello genre, but done recently and done quite differently, but still very from that age. So it's always been something in my head. And I mean, even when I did DJ Shadow, uh, DJ Shadow African Boy video, which I did back quite a while back now, that's got that kind of a bit of that influence of like the strong reds and greens in there uh but then this film this video was really the chance to to push that more but i quite liked the idea of having the assassin was an afterthought the assassin was kind of uh as i was listening i sort of start to imagine this a reveal of this kind of killer behind her but the killer in this in the jello films he's always kind of alone Force is always this mysterious killer who's like ruthlessly cold going out there. But I like the idea of him actually working for like Joanna's actually got him as a kind of servant. Um, so he's like this, and we never actually reveal who he is. Whereas always in the Jello films, the whole thing is always they reveal who it is. Like, oh, it was the maths teacher. <laughs> oh, it was actually her, like the whole time kind of thing and I really like the idea of having him serve a servile like serving her and never actually showing never showing his face he just disappears after he drops the necklace you never see him again so he stays I like the idea of this character staying cold staying personalityless like a just like a shark just runs on kind of instinct and so yeah, that was the kind of thinking. So that and same, the murder scene was the chance to kind of play with that whole kind of beautiful, beautiful murdering murders like Argento does so well. And you know, along the lines of style of music videos, I think I don't know of any other two music videos that are so divergent in style within the same amount of time by one director as Make It Last by Pearls Negras, <laughs> and one day by Paolo Nutini. I, I re- recommend it to, to you to watch both of these videos. <laughs> one um, after the other. Back to back, <laughs> it is kind of a bit of a mindfuck to watch those back to back. And, you know, if you watch your, your whole catalog, I think there's so much variation in the style and tone. And I was wondering how you kind of do that as a director, flipping between these mm-hmm. these different styles because I think directors sometimes tend to get into a style because that's how they operate on set or that's how they their kind of workflow operates so I, I imagine each production must be 
kind of wildly different if you're working yeah. in such different styles. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the the main thing is probably, I mean, the main thing is definitely the music. Uh, I rarely go back to old ideas that I've written down, although I've been doing that a lot more kind of in, re- in the recent year or two. Oh, I've got like a, you know, little... Uh, you know, notepad of ideas which haven't been used, or I I have without listening to music. But I try and I tend to try and really have it come from directly from the music, directly from just and from a very purest sense. So I I think that's I think that and also I think I never I never use I never build sets. I hate I hate sets and did it once I'm very lucky to have uh, Anna Lomax who's amazing but it was for a commercial so we you know had money and stuff not tons actually but still uh, so I like using real locations real people um, people I might have bumped into things I've heard and things I've seen it's, so they're kind of postcards from mm, from my own kind of journey in life, so I think they're na- they naturally change, especially with having like moving, for example. But I guess uh, yeah, it's it's um I'm still kind of not sure what which which I prefer, but I like uh, varying varying kind of the style, but still trying to keep or if it does come through that there's still like a singular voice coming through three different styles is uh, interesting for me um, some some more than others though but yeah and I think also budget you know right uh, I think the budget really really changes what you might do as well but in- it's interesting you mentioned Quez rollerblades because that's uh, probably like, out like my own if you have a favourite of your own work sounds a bit silly but I feel like it's a video which I hold very dear um, because that's probably the purest, like the most pure <clears throat> video I've done which like related to music. Like it was written, I feel like that was written on the first listen by the time the track finished, the, vid- the, the video existed in my head. <laughs> and if and anybody isn't... Sometimes it takes so long, it's kind of, yeah. Well, if anybody hasn't seen this video, we'll put it in the show notes because it is, it's one of my favorite favorite videos of 2014 and if if anybody is <laughs> is a, lo- a listener of the podcast they will definitely remember us talking about this video featuring jam skating i believe and it's also got uh it's also got um we've also got an interview uh on the blog with ian about this video so maybe you read that we'll link that as well if you want if you haven't um got no, learned enough about the video here there's more info there Oh, and an interesting uh, tidbit: uh, the skater Juan Tosino is—he's uh, the assassin. Joanna Lomley's assassin. Holy cow! <laughs> Holy cow! Really? Yeah, yeah, that's the same. I've been <sighs> I was like, oh, the assassin. I can, I can cast, I can cast my grandma. Like, I'm not going to see his face. <laughs> And I'm gonna in my in my head now. Those videos are directly connected, and he's and he skates away every that, time in my brain. There you go. That's, that's how that's how I'm gonna watch him. That's fantastic. 
when he has his when his kind of his Sunday is that weird black limbo. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. The skating is always oh my god. That's, that's just the weekday job, yeah. God, that's the um, best. That's the best. That's the best news. Uh, well, speaking of news and different genre shifts, we have <laughs> we have some we have some kind of crazy shit to talk about. And well, first if, we should mention where you can find stuff about yeah, uh, yeah, Ian, right? There. Okay, um, sorry. So if you go <laughs> to uh, <laughs> um, all the videos we talk about on the podcast today of course we've done the work for you we've collected them together in a collection um the if you go to imvdb.com slash podcast uh you will see all these videos and the first one will be one day by paolo Nutini, as well as a link to ian's page on imvdb which you can see um rollerblades by quest um make it last by pearls negra negras excuse me um and many others um and we should talk a little bit about this is the part in the podcast where we should talk about a little bit of music video news. Um, and this week we're bringing you some pretty bizarre stuff. Uh, We've got there's some bizarre <laughs> stuff in the in the world of in the world of music video news. It's got a question mark at the end because we don't know if this is an actual music video or not. Uh, uh, I, I tend to put this on the spectrum of not music video. Well, we're going to talk about it anyway because it's, it's bizarre. Um, it was presented initially as music video news. Right. So um, I don't know if anybody's been following this, but earlier today, this is Thursday, November 20th, um, a video surfaced of Meryl, or excuse me, Lana Del Rey um, that was ostensibly, excuse me, ostensibly shot by Eli Roth, the director of Hostel and uh, a few other movies as well as acting in Inglorious Bastards. Um, and it was kind of like a very weird stylized video of uh, Lana Del Rey sort of being uh, raped by Eli Roth. Um, uh, it takes sort of out. Uh, you yeah, well, I mean, it's you know, <laughs> takes sort of out. It's and there's there's more going on than that in the in the video itself. It there's looks like a, a bad student or like it, horror <laughs> film. It's terrible. Let's just get cut <laughs> to the chase about but that. But with excellent casting, have you seen? There's this woman with. The weirdest massive tits. <laughs> oh, I know. It, it was insane. That I mean, I was not like I was not so turned off by that stuff. Like that stuff seemed like because this video was was uh, initially presented as a Marilyn Manson music video that Eli Roth like made and then hated or something made and was like, oh wait, this is terrible. I'm raping Lana Del Rey and decided to not. Uh, put it out or like lock it away for a year and then here we are a year later and it suddenly surfaces it's it was a really bizarre like pre presentation of this story and uh the claim is that this was a Marilyn Manson music video and like the lady with the huge tits like and like weird stuff at a dinner table it's was just, that, yeah that, it's, it's really weird the whole that that one frame is like really bizarre I buy that I buy that frame in a Marilyn Manson music yeah video, if I'd someone that. said that that's like a little to the right, that looks like the kind of a huge penis with a frilly hat on <laughs> behind the fruit bowl. It sounds fantastic. I mean, it's fa it is fantastic in in theory, but when it's coupled with obviously the stuff that's not so fantastic, uh, it's really strange, and it um, it adds to the strangeness. And then since then, there's been some distancing uh, surprise from Marilyn Manson. Um, saying that they didn't have anything to do with this and initially you're like wait wait you're in it 
and <laughs> and uh, Adam Alexander has uh, found uh, some clips, right? Uh, that these clips are from other music videos. Yeah. So as it turns out, um, everything in this, um, besides the rape scene. Um, are actually scenes from two Marilyn Manson videos, No Reflection and Slow Motion. So the so dinner the tits, table stuff. That's yeah, all actually, the, the tits lady, that's all Manson's actual music videos. Yeah. yeah so, that's exactly. not, so that's all old. It's not, that's a, it is. It already existed before. Yeah. Ah. That's, so I didn't realize that either. I thought I'm not just, up. I'm not up on the Manson videos. But yeah. here's, here's what makes it so strange is that um, a year and a half ago or close to two years ago, uh, Eli Roth was on uh, Larry King's show, of all things. Uh, Larry King still has some... I don't know where he puts it out. Maybe he just puts it on his own or he mails it to his friend or whatever. <laughs> he has a show. And uh, Eli Roth was on it and he was like, yeah, we sh- I shot some stuff. And he specifically says, with Marilyn Manson and Lana Del Rey, and it's sick. He's like, they're going to, like he says, this is sick footage. And I think, you know, I think it made a little bit of news at the time, and then people just sort of, like, brushed it under the, you know, forgot about it, obviously, until this. And then they made this connection. Um, so I don't, I don't, so A, what did Eli Roth shoot with, with Lana Del Rey? B, who put what? this video together that was a mashup and put it out there? Um, and see why hasn't Eli Roth said anything? This is kind of a weird <laughs> mystery, has, right? Marilyn Manson was all over this shit. Like as soon as he's like, "Wait a second, wait a second. <laughs> but like Eli Roth is just like hanging out, doing Eli Roth stuff, which I can't. I don't really know what that is, but it's not addressing this, and that's 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 that is stra- a little strange to me. And I could cl- just hypothesize that that part of it. I mean, obviously the scene with Eli Roth and Lana Del Rey is from said music video that he filmed and some uh. geek heard the interviews decided somehow got a hold of that footage. Maybe Eli Roth put this together. And, <laughs> yeah. Maybe Eli Roth's the geek. Uh, we don't agree necessarily. IMBDB fringe music fix thinks this guy's a geek. IMBDB might not. No, uh, uh, I think he might be just like a regular guy. Whoever put this mashup together, my, uh, my, we, we can't dispute that this is Lana Del Rey and Eli Roth in that scene, right? So that's right. that's confirmed. Uh, the question uh, is, what song was this a music video for? She's what is going on is the question. Uh, she's got she's got a really she's she got like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre yeah. T-shirt on as well. She, so my question my question is, it, my question is, is, like, is this like could even be like an ident for like a horror film week like oh next week right <laughs> right so my my question <laughs> is this is is it okay like like there are rape scenes in in movies and stuff that you can like you can justify. I think it's harder to justify like Eli Roth raping Lana Del Rey in a Marilyn Manson music video. I think that context, especially wrapped in the way this is presented with just like blood dinners and and Lana Del Rey rape, that's like, that's this is tasteless uh, in that context. But like, you know, you can put that type of scene in some kind of Eli Roth horror movie and like, at least have a little bit more of a leg to stand on and so like we don't the fact that this is presented as a music video i think is maybe part of why it's gotten 
the attention that it got. I mean, I saw it in Pitchfork. If if there was just like a horror movie that Eli Roth made that features a scene of of Lana Del Rey getting raped, I don't know if it necessarily causes the same stir. Maybe a stir, but not this one. Well, that was a truly bizarre story that I did not see. That's one of those things that I usually stay away from. Like, I don't even know who the... Every time I see Alex from Target, I'm like, nope, I don't even want to know. I'm out of there. <laughs> Yeah, um, this this is the one because the word music video is attached to it. We're like, oh fuck, we have to read this. Yeah, and then, and then this is what we found. And now, and now, whoever listened to this podcast uh, also had to know about it if he didn't already. Uh, congrats! Um, Congratulations. The one, the one great thing about this story is it made me revisit Larry King's Twitter account and all his ridiculous, ridiculous tweets, um, uh, which we don't have time to talk about because we should now talk about. Some of the other music videos released this week, other than this uh, Marilyn Manson one. And to, to start us off, I think we should talk a little bit about our good pal, our friend, everybody's uh, favorite uh, pop lady, Megan Trainor. Trainor. I guess <laughs> I, I don't know why I said Trainor. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it's Trainor. Uh, she is. She actually currently still has. I was a little bit shocked by this. It's still the number two song in the country. All about that bass. Um, which and really, pro- it is all about that bass if you think about it. I guess so. Yeah, I've talked to numerous people who that ref like that, what that song is actually about has totally gone over their head, which I did not expect. Adults, adults here. Um, right. People just think it's about it's about loud loud music. Yeah, or don't even or even about like fish or whatever. Um, so she has a new <laughs> song out um, called "Lips Are Moving." Uh, the previous video was directed by Fatima Robinson. I was a huge fan of the All About That Bass video. I thought it was great. Um, and this one is directed by Philip Andelman. Uh, and this is a very bizarre cash crab, it feels like, <laughs> from top to bottom. Oh, this no. is like This is like, you know how you always hear about artists who have a very successful single and, you know, Ten years later, when they're when they're successful, and they're talking about their second release. They're always like, you know, we, we I didn't just copy what I did the first time because then people would expect that from me, and then I I, I would be a one trick pony. Megan Trainer has moved as hard into the category of I'm just gonna do the same goddamn thing as you know as very closely as possible um, and see if it works. And and this is that song. It's as hard as she possibly could. She says the word bass in this song a bunch of times even. Like there's a there's so many connections and I feel like they're trying to recreate a lot of what was um done in the first video um with less which is going to be diff- more difficult to do than to like try to m- make something the first time and you know it's it's a for something that seems like it was an intentional move from the ground up, starting from the song, for Philip Andelman to try to like work within that circumstance seems complicated to me, and uh, I would I would not mark this up as my uh, favorite video of the week. That uh, for sure, it's, it's a very song a song that was obviously written right after All About That Bass was famous because she's in it. She's like, yeah, I sang that song. Remember that song, All About That Bass. It's still popular. Like it's not. It wasn't a hit like a year ago. It's like the number two song in the country hit right now. This this video this song should be called "I Made All About That Bass," and <laughs> you should see if it see if it hits. Um, Ian, Ian, did you did you like yeah. this video? 
Um, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I didn't really like it, but um, I, I, I felt I had like. But then again, I don't know what the budget was. If it was like a really big budget, then I. If they didn't have much money. They did really well. <laughs> if this was a if this was a shoestring budget, like five k, if this was a five k budget, I tip my hat off to them. <laughs> uh, but it, what I get, I think what I didn't like was them celebrating at the end. You know, it like cuts to them like, yeah, we did it. Yeah, because like, what did you do? I was like, what? <laughs> I, I th- I'm 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 wondering if Ian. Did you bring that up just to prove that you actually watched this whole video? That is, that's the only bit I watched. <laughs> I could get that in there. All right, <laughs> so that was your proof. I watched it all the way through. My my uh, my lovely housemate, who was stoned out of his face, <laughs> walked in and sort of bumbled over and what looked over my shoulder, and I had to mumble that I I had to watch it because <laughs> I had to talk about it. <laughs> I, and I didn't turn it off. I carried on watching it. Wow, he, that's, that was brave of you. He left the room, like scratching his head. That's dedication. <laughs> um, I, we, I, we could not appreciate you <laughs> doing that more. Honestly, it okay. is, it is funny that you think about it. It's like, hey, come be on our podcast. Also, watch like probably a bunch of bad music videos. <laughs> it was really good though, because I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I haven't even. I haven't seen the the bass one until you were mentioning it. I've just had a little skim through, but I loved his Dominique Q Unique video for Andelman's. Hmm. Well, yeah, Philip, Philip Andelman has you know plenty of really fantastic yeah, music videos. I think this one, like, I think I was just sort of thinking of it from a kind of a you know this is like you make this and then you got like good budget, it, like you can have like get all your art directors paid well make like a it's like really tight technically very tight video and you it's probably also something that you can probably like i don't know if i was a production company you look at that and you think oh you can, you can get like a an ikea ad off the back of this or well maybe not ikea but yeah this is a very like oh that script you've got here this guy is just made this which is like the whole kind of palette and idea of this commercial script it feels like that's like a really strong stepping stone commercial script stepping stone music video kind of thing is is megan trainer uh popular in the uk i've no i've I've never heard of her but i'm i shouldn't i'm not a good <laughs> not a good. You know, you're not a good judge. You're right. Uh, you also mentioned you didn't know uh, the artist who you did the music video for. <laughs> so, uh, that's yeah. Uh, um, Actually, this is a question I've wondered for. Did you know who Naughty Boy was before you did the La 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 video? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. So now we've done this. Just go down your whole list of music videos and give us a quick yes or no. <laughs> uh, well, so I didn't know. Uh, I listened to like I kind of yeah. I've got. I listen to sort of. I, I listen to all sorts of music, but I'm really not on the pulse, or I never go to gigs or anything. So I'm really like pretty out of the scene, I guess. But um, I knew I knew DJ Shadow. That was like oh yeah, that was mm-hmm. good. 
And then like the oh, the early ones, I, I knew them all. And then um, Quez, I did. I'm trying to think. The first time I worked with Quez, I didn't know Quez, but no one really knew who he was. So that was okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's, it, there's a mix, but definitely, I definitely discovered music through. Um, making the music <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's one way to do it i mean and, and i'm yeah, really <laughs> really dedicated way to like... very laboring like, we listen to your music if if we work together so that's uh, what you do let's talk about uh i think we should move on to she and him uh stay a while okay um because she and him is an artist uh made up of m ward and uh zoe Desch- zoe D- uh, i'm really having a hard time with this tonight yeah guys. you're great Deschanel. Um, you mispronounced the website. Zoe Deschanel. Um, uh, she's an actress, and uh, he's a singer. And they have a band, She and Him. They're releasing a new album called Classics, which is, I think, 13 cover songs. Um, you most... said she's she's an actress and he's a singer. I don't think that's how the band works, isn't uh, it? Well, she's a, she's a singer and uh, in this band. Anyway, I'm cutting all that out. Um, yep. So they have a new album coming out called Classics. It's cover songs. Um, their previous three albums or four albums, I think, um, have all been original Zoe Deschanel songs. Um, so this one is, uh, I don't want to say a trope, but something we've seen done in music videos before in varying degrees. And um, this is Zoe Deschanel dancing with an invisible person in this house. In the, well, excuse me, in a house. Persons, maybe I don't know. Uh, I was. I feel like it's one person. Um, okay. I think it's. But before right. we talk about this video, I just want to say one thing. It was directed by Canada, first of all. But I just want to say M Ward is the worst guitar pantomimer I've ever seen in my life. Because he's yeah. in here a few seconds here and there, and he is just so unbelievably fucking bad at at doing the pantomime. At the, at the end of the, they almost or it's almost a joke. I, it, it might be an intentional thing. No, that, I don't think it's intentional. But this at all. is. I, it's interesting that you say keep dumping on stuff, and then you t- and then you bring up this video because I wouldn't call this video one that I would want to dump on. No, 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 this is great. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, it's de- like like doing something with an invisible person is definitely something that's been seen in music videos uh, before. Um, but I think that they do. They really like kind of crank it up in this one for me uh there's some of it that's like kind of like really impressive like i can't even really wrap my head around how they technically achieved it like um there's one point where she's uh like you mentioned dancing with an invisible person and as someone who has you know very little film experience or background you know i would assume that you would achieve that through having a person dressed in all green um and then removing them from frame. But like they're doing things like closing the blinds quickly behind Zoe and um, you know, the lighting changes rapidly and stuff. And I just like, I can't even comprehend how that, how that even happened. Uh, Ian, as someone with far more experience, uh, do, do you ha- have any idea how they might've done something like that? Yes. Yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you how they did it. Um, I, I don't know either. I had a, I think they, there's a mix of them. I'm assuming that there's a mix of them actually, they will actually have used people in the green screen costumes. Like, there's a lot of her as if she's like holding on to someone, but you can kind of tell she's not, of course. So like, she'll do that bit and then do a spin. And then they've, they will have had, I think, a green screen costume person then kind of just hold her weight and push her back up. Mm hmm. 
There's other moments which are impressive is when she really holds them and you, you can really see that. Um, so for that bit, I'm assuming that they would have uh, they would have had to have done there, there, was, there would have been a fair bit of painting in it I'm assuming but they, I mean they've done they've done motion control mm-hmm. so they'll have done the what's it called the MoCo thing motion control camera so that, that would have gone run through various times but I think there's a mix of there would have been a person in a green screen costume which is just supporting weight and stuff and then actual mechanical rigs I think when she's spinning around that she's probably latching herself onto and but yeah it's it yeah I found it um really impressive on on that front and it's but I felt it was like Canada at like 60 percent like I felt it could have <laughs> that it was missing like that it was like it's got that kind of feel of Canada but it's like PG Canada yeah I so I like it, it it could they could have actually put a bit of I don't know, like looked into one of the rooms and sort of fractaled the narrative a bit somewhere. Because um, it was very straight, I felt for them. But but I was I I I really liked the whole the, all the movement and choreography was. And I was impressed. I didn't know she was the actual singer. She's the actual singer. Yeah, she is, and, she, and for the past oh, few well, she's she, written a lot of the songs. Is she actually directed so she their last dancer. video. She got dance background. Is she the last? Yeah. Vi- the last video is very dance heavy as well. Oh, okay. So I I think so. Um, but you're you're right of uh, the the combination of how they probably use that the the man in the green suit by having them at sometimes being the actual dance partner and then other times kind of supporting the weight and and allowing her to like mime the dance partner. It it kind of really like adds some additional like yeah. layers of magic to to it and makes it a lot more kind of like surprising uh which is why it feels like there are multiple people um uh maybe but yeah it, it, and it's like adds to the whimsy of it i think but that's really interesting the canada pg uh analogy i think that's a, a pretty strong one because uh yeah it's got some of that i mean obviously canada um has made you know some of the you know some of our favorite music videos oh, yeah. you know from the from the yeah since 2010 basically and so um you know this this obviously doesn't kind of hit those higher levels and yeah, the, edg- the edgier stuff yeah which like, could like them to hold on a technique you know it was there's like lo- you know there's a whole kind of almost like a genre of music videos which are technique focused technique driven and they literally are kind of almost there like a like a notepad of exploring a technique but they don't tend to do that if they do something which is like a technique but then it's kind of enveloped within narrative or goes out of narrative so I was surprised watching this and the whole video is look at this trick look at this trick look at this trick look at this trick which is what not what they normally do I have to believe that Zoe Deschanel had a bit of a hand in this, or had at least an influence. Mm. Like I mentioned, the last video, and they—it's weird. She and him are almost one to one, releasing one music video a year. Weirdly enough, um, and their last video for "I Could Have Been Your Girl" girl from 2013 was directed by Zoe Deschanel. So um, she definitely has her hands in a lot of different uh, shit. So why not? Uh, <laughs> why not hire Canada and then maybe uh, monkey around with what they're doing a little bit? You never it's- know. 
I just uh, envisioned Zoe Deschanel holding a bunch of shit, and that's gross. Uh, I, yep. I, 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 uh, this does fit, fall right in line with she and him's music videos, though. This is this is she and him uh, a plus. They they fall in line, so th- that makes a lot of sense. Zoe being heavily involved. Let's talk about some. So let's talk about uh, some different. I would like so um, Bruno Mars. Uh, is back with ish backish. He's backish, yeah. Um, with a new song. Uh, he's actually featured on a song, although I, I feel like it's the other way around. It feels like Bruno Mars featuring Mark Ronson, um, but I believe it's tagged as Mark Ronson. And uh, the song is called Uptown Funk, and it is directed by Cameron Duddy, who has been on this podcast before. Um, who, uh, if you listen back to his uh, podcast interview, he told a story that we've not let go of at all. We've, I think we've. We have uh, not looked at that story. We also then made a cartoon out of it. Yeah, so if you want to look at the link, we'll put a link in the show notes of the cartoon that we made about how he started working with uh, Bruno Mars, which is interesting. Um, and this is their first collaboration in a, a, a while. Um, and it is definitely feels like a Bruno Mars, Cameron Duddy collaboration with Mark Ronson yeah. there. There's a lot of dancing, a lot of moves. Um, this is kind of uh, uh, Bruno Mars and his and his. Uh, hip hop rocking street gang hanging out on the street. That's the best way I can. I love this video, but that's how I would describe it. Hip hop rocking street gang. Nobody's yeah. ever nobody's ever said those words together before, but that's fun. As as oh uh, they're, they're, they're getting their shoes shined. Then they're, they're not just getting their shoes shined for no reason. They have really shiny ass shoes. They no, they got stuff shine. going on, right? They got stuff going on. And and despite the hip hop rocking blues gang, what did you call it? Uh, this this video feels remarkably authentic to me all right don't you think like this is what i envisioned bruno mars doing every single day um uh after he after he wakes up uh you know late he goes out and does this right shining his shoes <laughs> i yeah sure um i it's it's, it's interesting because there's a lot of really interesting camera work in this um uh there's a lot of like uh you know tilted camera not not tilted but they anyway watch it i can't describe it um but there's also um just like you, you can tell this is shot on a set first of all and i think that the the timing of it is not contemporary like if you look at the actual screenshot of the video they're all in uh, various different period garb um is this period garb this is i think it is a day. little this is not a joke anymore. This literally is what Bruno Mars wears all the time. No, no, but <laughs> not that pink jacket, but like that hat. But look in the background of the still that Vivo is using and YouTube is using. There is a man dressed like a 1920s like carnival barker in the background. <laughs> okay, the guy in the background maybe not. And then, but like, and then the, there's a guy in the blue that's, that's dressed like suit. There, well, there's a guy in blue dressed like MC Hammer from the 80s. I think it's no, like no, a, he's dressed like that guy because that's that guy's suit. I'm telling you, no, I'm not, I'm not telling you because I don't have any idea. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm arguing that these, these, these clothes are closer to what these guys actually wear than. I think it's it, and I mean, actually, it feels like, um, like they filmed it in. Oh, don't you know about this little area in New York where everyone <laughs> is like really into looking like from that period of yeah. time, kind of thing. So it doesn't. It's not like it's overtly period, but it's definitely consciously not now. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, the whole style is like the man in the back is probably in a costume. The the carnival parlor guy, but the hip hop street gang that's their <laughs> that's their uniform. That's the gang uniform. Uh, I, I I think we've all been a part of a hip hop street gang at some point. I mean, by in by default, by being on this podcast, you're in this one. So there I mean, you go. Have you? Uh, are, uh, I'm just going to continue my line of questioning. Uh, are sure. hip hop street gangs popular in the UK? Hip hop street gangs are. I think they maybe used to be a little more popular than now. <laughs> but they're not. They're not really. It's just the different. UK. The UK hip hop scenes kind of uh just dead now that's that's kind of sad to hear yeah that's really sad Um, we should get we have we have grime and uh it's all sort of morphed and changed to other things but the uh the kind of hip-hop it's what i find it a bit strange if you see someone in kind of hip-hop uh attire like well, like overtly hip hop attire is something you don't really tend to see very much. I think. Like I LAG think it... style hip hop attire. Yeah, I think that was like <laughs> back in his day. That maybe he put the maybe he put the nail in the coffin. <laughs> put too much of a magnifying glass on what was going on. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that that probably makes a lot of sense. Um, well, speaking let's... of, uh... oh, sorry, you go ahead, Doug. Well, I I, uh, I I was gonna I was gonna push to another video, and yeah, I, I as well. Let's I, instead of pushing to another video, let's run through a tunnel to another video. Good one. <sighs> Keep going. Uh, We're behind you. We're supporting you. Okay. So first, let's uh, eat dinner with our family, and then grow a black. <laughs> spot on ourselves let's talk about the new megaforce music video can't help myself by brodinski featuring sd uh uh let's talk about it because i i i like it and uh i think it's pretty great um i I, you like it but do you understand it Mm. i thought i understood wait hold on a second hey adam just chimes in and says this is a very a, a very no, to understand music video. I think this is a. I think this is okay. Tell give it to us, Adam. Adam, hold on. Explain the video and, and tell us what it means. Sure. Explain yourself, Adam. Yeah. No. <laughs> and I mean, I'm only gonna take a guess, but so basically, the video um, focuses on one male character who starts off at the beginning of the video as uh, an older gentleman, and um, I think. It is confusing, but it's kind of timely. <laughs> he bails on. He bails on. I get this. No, no, but I mean, oh, I get it, but I don't. Get it. It's hard to get, but anyway, it, it's basically uh, his life sort of in reverse. Um, and why I thought it was maybe going to go in a different direction as I was watching it. I thought it was going to kind of show the mistakes that he's made in his life, but it didn't really do that per se as much as just show him at different stages in his life in reverse. So there's three or four main stages and he gets younger as the video progresses. And each time that he time travels, um, he kind of gets swallowed in this big black bubble of, of goop so yeah i don't know i guess it's about the transition of life and it's shown in reverse and and maybe it's about making bad choices the song is called can't help myself 
which would kind of <laughs> fit in with that. You, but you really want that to be what happened, what's what it's about, and it could be. I don't think. I don't think it is. I don't think you. I don't think it needs like to be uh, summed up in this way necessarily. I'm because I actually didn't think um, when I on my first watch I thought it wasn't meant to be the same guy getting younger because I felt like he didn't really look anything like the older guy when he goes from old to a bit like 30s. Mm. It was only after noticing the tattoo that I was, oh, it is meant to be the same yeah. guy. Because it's a big the first leap. time I watched it, didn't quite catch. Cause, and I also, I enjoyed thinking of it like that because I felt like when he's with the family and, the, and he's getting uh, enveloped by the black tar i felt when i watched it in my mind i was imagining the wife what she's thinking like oh here we go again like <laughs> fucking black bubble coming out and and so in my mind she know they all know that he does this and they all kind of just like, <laughs> don't look at him while he's doing it like having your mad uncle who just has a, <laughs> has a twitch of like <laughs> trying to hump the armchair and you sort of just turn away and ignore it and this so I kind of watched, like, thought, thought that, and I was like, really liked this idea of like he, that he does this and he just can't help it, and he <laughs> he changes and he like fucking goes running again, and yeah, because so every watch I realized <laughs> <laughs> that might not be that that might not be it, and yeah, one one <laughs> element that we haven't talked much about is yeah after he. After the everybody who bursts, there we it's definitely a group of men. It may be the same man or not. They're def the the men definitely get younger uh, throughout the video. Um, after oh, you after you see them burst, they uh, well the video starts also in this like tunnel in a mm. like a street tunnel, and they all go into this same door, and it kind of starts their story. But each time they're all also covered in like the the residue. Um, of it, and I, I was wondering if you guys think that that tunnel stuff um, is a reference uh, stylistically to the Radiohead "Rabbit in Your Headlights" video. Do you guys know that video? Uh, yeah, that's the first yeah, I thing that, that I thought of. Yeah, when I watched it, mm -hmm. sure. But the first, one of the things that really came to mind, the whole I love the whole atmosphere of it, and and that and the first tunnel shot just instantly made me think of the Gesaffelstein video. Um, what's it called? The um, uh, pursuit. Pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that. It's got a similar kind of feel, especially that last shot of the kid, like really clean shot of a really like uh, model cast kid covered in this black, but then like a clinically perfect tunnel, and the music as well has that kind of vibe, like a uh, cold electronic kind of thing. But yeah. Yeah, there's something about a, a shot of a kid um, who looks like really uncomfortable in a place that I would be afraid of, and uh, it makes me f afraid. And I felt I felt that a little bit. Um, but yeah, I really what I I, I liked about this video uh, is just kind of the the atmosphere it creates and kind of just the the whole style. And I just it just is an, an impressive thing to watch. I don't. Sometimes I don't get music videos that I like a lot, and I th I think this is a, a very good example of that. Um, I think uh, to the stylistic uh, similarities that uh, Ian mentioned uh, probably make sense. Brodinsky and Gasaffelstein are, are label mates, so mm. it's probably an aesthetic that they uh. kind of. 
of uh, all there's only six artists on that label, so that makes sense. Uh, at the a uh, single artwork is a bubble with the uh, just realized on this. On the yeah, as, as did I. Uh, I see that now. Uh, it's it, you can see and it with smoke rings underneath, and he's smoking. Maybe it's maybe it's like a big cancer bubble. <laughs> Sorry. Or maybe yeah. maybe this is like a, a very weird take on Benjamin Button. Maybe we're gonna see a new Benjamin Button <laughs> movie where Brad Pitt is swallowed by a giant bubble. Um, it's possible. It's interesting though that there there is a a tie to that. Yeah, to the single cover with the with the bubble imagery. Um, or if it's like it's some because you get your briefs through in the track and you you get um. Yeah, I wonder if they've that's kind of spurned that sort of VFX take the VFX idea maybe came. Yeah, yeah really. Originated. Yeah, it's no, really it's great. Video, so. Yeah. Yeah, it's it. You don't have to let it. You know, I obviously was like trying to figure out what was going on too. I wasn't just like watching it without my brain. Um, but it it. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what's going on. So the last one we should talk about today is uh, the party line by Bell and Sebastian, um, who I didn't know they were releasing new music. Um, but there we go. Uh, they had a video for or the remix of your covers blown. Um, but the, the meow meow mix that uh, was great from last year that I really loved. Um, but this is by uh, LeBlanc and Le, excuse me LeBlanc and Cudmore, who have also we should always mention when this happens have been on this podcast a while ago, right, Doug? Like two years ago or something? They were. Who's that? <laughs> I thought you were. I thought you were me. playing the old. Podcast with the bunk and kidney. <laughs> <laughs> that started. Who, was that you, Adam? Yeah. Uh, oh man, Adam, um, get your shit together, Adam. Uh, <laughs> um, how did that even happen? Uh, it, it was. It was. Yes, they were on. Uh, it was a while ago, but they are frequent uh, con- commentary contributors. So you can catch up on the comings and goings of LeBlanc and Cudmore um, on our commentaries page because a bunch of them in there. Uh, and this video is uh, a narrative, um, really beautifully shot. This is another one that is kind of also yeah. like the Bruno Mars and Mark Ronson video, I think, of uh, de- deliberately sort of murky time period. Um, I'm not really sure when this takes place, but I think it's, it's kind of like a simple love story of these two uh, young teenagers who meet at a party and it involves dance. It's one of those things that I don't think is 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 describable, um, although it has a, a you know loose narrative to it. But I, I loved this. I thought this was a really fantastic, really you know uh, kind of cinematic kind of like movie like short film uh, music video, which I don't think is always successful. I think it's it's harder than it sounds to pull off. Is there a is there a way to describe kind of the progression to like the three parts? I don't even know how you describe that, it, but I think it's well, important. I, I read a. A small. Uh, I can't remember where I read it. I think it was in the posting for this video elsewhere that Scott had posted. The premiere, like and the premiere location, of, and it's kind of to do with how I don't know the fantasy of film, and they're kind of playing with that. And well, it starts off like if you look at the beginning, the camera's all like handheld and quite dirty, old school, like really old school, like black and white. 
mm-hmm. and then it starts to get more solid. The camera work calms down a bit, and it's kind of you kind of push through almost different genres and different styles. Yeah, because so then it's because then because it does that one two, and then the third one is like super seems like super stylized. Yeah, and, and all the choreography is extremely choreographed. Yeah, old. And at the beginning, they're just dan- these kids are like just dancing around, and and it kind of like peaks in this beautifully controlled environment and uh, meticulously kind of planned shooting, and then it kind of drifts away again. Yeah, and it's almost like she's organizing. The party in her head, in a way, or something. But I love, I love the this video. Like all, all of all of their videos, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Um, and each time Neon comes out, they just keep pushing it, keep pushing it, and I love it. It's like so full of um, soul as well, which is something I always love to see in a music video. It's really full of heart, and you can you can feel that when you watch it. And and LeBlanc and Cudworth, you're you're right. They're on like a crazy roll right now too. And they're some uh, uh, they're a group of they're a duo who I would also say, like we were talking about before, of like they're able to do a lot of different styles and tones. Totally. They still have that you know that singular voice, or or in this case, uh, two voices. Uh, that was dumb. Uh, but you know <laughs> this. <laughs> Singular voice uh, uh, come, that, that comes through uh, in, in the end, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, if you kind of like scrub through it uh, kind of quickly, um, you can kind of see what you're talking about, Ian, how like it starts out kind of black and white and shaky, and then it kind of like you can see the progression of it kind of like getting becoming more solid filmmaking and, and more stylized. It's, it's like a super interesting uh, approach to a music video. Yeah, because the genre changes as well heavily when, like, that tiny, subtle little moment of them matching the lyrics when he's like, shoot a gun and you see the gun and then yeah, then you with a knife and the knife is like a brief Canada moment, kind of. Mm. Yeah. yeah this is one that I would really love to see in a movie theater. Um, there's a few videos that I, I'd, I'd love seeing music videos in movie theaters. Um, you know, with the big screen and the sound and the mm. different environment, we we experience music videos largely on, you know, computer screens, which is fine. But uh, you know, some of them feel like they would be that that's that's their venue kind of. Mm. Um, so if you ever get a chance to go see music videos in movie theater, I highly recommend it. I've only I got it a chance a yes. few times, but each time it's, it's, so, it's really fun. Such a different experience. It really is. Yeah, I've seen videos that I've seen you know two or three times on a computer that I, that I've seen in a theater that I, it's like seeing them for the first time. Very very different. Mm. Um, so, so everyone yeah. should do it. That's your project for this week. <laughs> yeah, check, please check go to your in. local theater and say, "Are you showing some music videos here?" And then, <laughs> Why no, are you playing? We have Interstellar. That's it. <laughs> that's all you get interstellar um <laughs> we will show this megan trainer video for you if you want <laughs> it's like no pass uh <laughs> are you sure she's the one who sang that bass song think um, about the bass just, um, just imagine if if like uh, who's who's somebody who had a really crazy first oh if like so if, what if Katy perry's second single was like I kissed the girl again, you know, and it's all like, remember <laughs> I'm me? Still I'm still kissing that girl. The one, it, and, uh, and Megan Trainor, she has an e. All by that basis from, is off of an EP. Um, and there are other songs that are great from that EP. I thought title should have been the second. 
single. But anyway, we, we, I don't want to go back into that hole again because we'll never we, we, I know we dug ourselves. We out, already so. went in there. Um, but uh, like I mentioned before, you go to imvdb.com/podcast. You can see um, not just this just this episode, which is episode one thirty three, but you can see. Um, as the number might indicate, 132 other episodes of this podcast featuring many of the directors that we have talked about on this podcast, including the aforementioned LeBanc and Cudmore, uh, Cameron Duddy, uh, no Megan Trainer. Megan Trainer's uh, said no to us a lot of times, but uh, if we ever get her on, we'll let you know. And uh, maybe Megaforce. That'd be a nice one to have one time, one day. Um, yeah, we get, there's always there's always hope. There's uh, always the next 130. What were you gonna say, Doug? Uh, I I was gonna say that uh, Philip Angleman, if he doesn't listen to what we think about <laughs> Trader video, maybe will one day join us too. Um, and Ian, thank you so much for for joining us on the podcast. It was a lot of fun. Oh, thank no, thank you. It was uh, very nice for the invite. I had a great time. And uh, we will see you. Next week. Yeah, it's always a thing that confuses me really, uh, if we're actually saying goodbye to them. Oh, yes. <laughs> goodbye to them. I it's think like, we will, you're going to see me next week. <laughs>